Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Well, this morning, not going to be able to turn to a specific passage in 1 Corinthians 15. If you're new or visiting, we're working our way through 1 Corinthians 15. I very seldom do topicals, but I'm going to do a topical this morning, the rapture of the church. And last week uh, at the second service, there were so many things going on prior to, I didn't even get to any information that I shared with, some, with you last week at the second half of the service. So some of this as I'm going over, you go, didn't you do this study last week? Yeah, the first probably 15 minutes of it that you're going to hear I did at the, at the end of the first service. Didn't get any of it at the second service. So just going to do it all. I've incorporated other stuff. I have five pages of notes. Normally I only have three. Uh, so move quickly, hang on, and we'll see if we can do it. Father, I pray for the gift of teaching. And Lord, as we see things happening, uh, Jesus said, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Uh, So we're not scared. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to live in fear. We trust that you have a plan and a purpose behind all these things. So Lord, I pray for the gift of teaching. And as we go over this verses this morning, that our hearts will be settled about who you are. You are God. And your word is going to be fulfilled, possibly in our very lifetimes. So exciting. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So what about this thing called the rapture? Is it really something that we can prove scripturally? Is it, is it just a recent position of the church invented by some to escape the great tribulation? Does most of the church even acknowledge or believe in a rapture? You see, last week we went over some scriptures about being changed in an instant, which could just imply the simple fact of death, that we're all going to die. But in 1 Thessalonians 14.13, if you'd like to turn there, 1 Thessalonians 14.13, which was written just a few years prior to 1 Corinthians and roughly 40 plus years prior to the book of Revelation. So the rapture is not, as some will say, a recent teaching of the church in the last, oh, 125 years or so. No, it's in the scriptures. Teaches us that there is a first coming of the Lord towards this earth. That there is a first coming of the Lord towards this earth. And as we read the following verses, please notice that it's not coming down to the earth physically, his literal second coming, but towards the earth. There's no doubt that there are two distinct comings of Jesus to this earth. First Thessalonians 14, 13, 4, 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant brethren. Ignorant means unlearned. That's all it means. Don't take offense. It just means, but I do not want you to be unlearned brethren concerning those who have died, fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, very important here, even so God will bring with him those who have died in Jesus. Well, if he's bringing them with him, that means they're already with him which means they're already in heaven. And as we studied last week, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or those who have died. So the reassurance for us is that no matter who has passed before us, if they've known Jesus as their Savior, they are already in heaven. They are already in heaven. There's no question about that. We're not going to be going, well, I wonder if they're going to come up after we go up. Or No, Paul makes it perfectly clear. They're already in heaven. They're coming back. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And so now we start to see uh, this teaching of what I believe is the rapture. And a majority of Christianity believes that when we do die, that these physical bodies, whether we put it in an urn or a box, whether it's been separated due to uh, an explosion, whether the ashes are spread somewhere in, in, on the East Coast and somewhere on the West Coast, it doesn't matter, that God is going to bring that body back together and that our soul or spirit, you can debate which one goes to heaven, but something goes to heaven, and then that will be reunited with this physical body. A majority of Christianity, that's teaching, and, and I can see that. Uh, there's a minority that teaches, no, when we leave this body, we instantly get our brand new body. I believe that. I would never argue it. doesn't matter. There is a rapture. That's the most important thing. And there's a resurrection. We talked about that the last few weeks. So there's no argument here. But just again, just two opinions for you to think about, pray about. They don't contradict each other. They're just, "Ah, I think this is going to happen. Okay, well, we'll all find out. Verse 17, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Notice that. So Jesus is not physically stepping foot on this earth. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Verse 18, very, very important. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So as you look at that, and as we go over more verses here, you should find comfort in what I'm going to share with you this morning. Again, notice that there's comfort with what we call the rapture of the church. If there is no rapture and the church is going to go through the tribulation, I don't think we will find too much comfort in that. No, it's obvious that something supernatural is going to take place from these verses. As you read those verses, some, you don't need to be a Greek scholar. Something supernatural is going to take place. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, verse 2, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by letter, word or by letter, as if... Notice this, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. You see, in that day and age, as you reread the word and put it all together, even Paul was anticipating the Lord's sudden return. But as he grew and as the Holy Spirit inspired him to write, he realized, okay, it's not going to be now. Because some, even in the church, as he addresses in Thessalonians, they stopped working. They said, oh, Jesus is coming back. You know, we just got to live our lives as Christians, and minister to people, because Jesus is coming back. And that's where Paul had to say, you know what, if you don't work, you don't eat. Very good teaching, even to today. I know there are some who have issues. Praise God, let's support them. A majority don't have issues, except we're drawing near to that socialistic government mentality. Uh, they're talking about, again, renewing more... more <laughs> more benefits for the COVID issue, because the new wave is coming. You know, we had... Uh, 
we had the Delta and then we had the Omicron and we were supposed to be overrun with the Omicron. And, and you know, I'm not mocking this. I know people died. Yes, everybody, nobody misses their appointment, God. Nobody misses their appointment, guys. Nobody. But now it's the Deltacron that's coming. That's going to sweep through the country. And they also want to give everybody a check. I don't know if you noticed it or not. A monthly check for $200 to offset your inflation for having to pay higher gas prices. We don't want to open a pipeline. We'd rather give you $200. What is that saying? Anybody having some common sense here? Let's get totally reliant upon the government. Socialism. Let's not do the right thing. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day, capital D, a very special day, will not come unless a falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. That falling away, I personally believe, is in doctrine, biblical doctrine. Jesus said two things, uh, many things, but these two things he said when he returns to the earth, second coming, is he going to find love, agape love? Is he going to find faith, doctrinal faith? Faith, everybody has faith in something. Jesus was specifically talking about doctrinal faith. Is he going to find faith on the earth? Agape love and faith? And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? So Paul was teaching this in the early church, guys. So don't let anybody try to tell you, oh, you know, that rapture thing, it's just 125 years old. No, Paul was teaching it before he wrote it. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, capital H, I believe this is the Holy Spirit in the church, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. I don't know about you, but when people know that you're a Christian and you, like when I was working at Motorola, they knew I was a Christian. I wore Christian t-shirts. I, I walked the walk, not just at work, but at home, at church picnics, when they offered free beer until a lawsuit happened. But you know, that was, that was what they did back then. Hey, we're having a party. Come on, get drunk. Have a good time. I lived my walk, you know? I was a believer. Praise God. So, but when I came around people, it was kind of weird. They'd be telling a really weird joke or a coarse joke, and all of a sudden they would look at you. Oh, Jim's here. And they would stop. I'm not boasting about that. I'm trying to give you an example that I'm sure you can apply even in your own life. You get around certain people and all of a sudden they stop maybe viewing what they're viewing or saying what they were saying or doing what they were doing. Why? Because I'm a Christian. No, because you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you and there's conviction that takes place. That's the Holy Spirit. Now imagine if the church is gone and there's not that convicting spirit walking into the group to give that group a sense of, you know what you're saying is not right. You're, you're mocking women. You're doing something that is un, you know, not appropriate. Okay? Verse 8, and then the lawless nun. So after the church is raptured, and then the lawless one will be revealed. So we're not looking for the Antichrist at this day. We just keep our eyes on the Christ. Because according to what I just read, you're not going to figure it out. And, and when the church is raptured, we're out of here. So who cares? No, what we're supposed to care about is not who the Antichrist is, who the Christ is. 
And so when people want to argue about the Antichrist, you might just want to say, well, do you really know who the Christ is? You might just want to ask him that simple question. Well, do you really know who the Christ is? And how is that being lived out in your life? Because the Antichrist, we're not going to know. Whom the Lord, listen to this big battle here. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Big battle, isn't it, guys? You see, when Jesus comes back to this earth physically and steps foot on this earth, that's Armageddon. That's the big battle. Over. Jesus speaks. Party's done. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness. And that's what I believe we're in right now. We're in the delusion. We're in the conditioning phase. When the church is taken off, we're going to see a strong delusion. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. You see, I believe almost every one of you Christians in this room, without knowing you, I could say that every one of you Christians love Jesus, love God, love the Holy Spirit, and love the Word of God. Everybody you hang around doesn't. But you're out there, you're you're giving them that example. Verse 11, key here, and for this reason, God will send them strong delusion. So when you hear me say this, and I've said it off and on over the years, some of you might know, why does he keep saying that? That's why I believe this is the conditioning that the world is going through. The Center for Deceit Control keeps coming out every week with additional information. Well, you know, we fudged the numbers. Well, you know, 70% of all who died of COVID had four or more underlying illnesses. Well, you know, it really doesn't affect kids like we said it does. But everybody still needs a shot. And you really should get a booster. Even though we've been lying, 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 believe us now. If you want to believe them, go ahead. Why? That they should believe the lie. The last two years, what has taken place in America? Let me just remind you, several years ago, two years ago this coming summer, small businesses were destroyed. The backbone of America. Amazon is not the backbone of America. Small businesses are the, do your own research, small businesses are the backbone of America. They tried to destroy small businesses. Matter of fact, in, de- in the democratically controlled states, just dealing with facts, if you're immature and want to get upset that I said that, oh, this is political. It's not political. It's called reality. Reality. Two, over $2 billion in destruction of small businesses. Over $2 billion billions of dollars of lost revenue. That's just fact. Just do a little homework. Don't whine about it. Do a little homework. Billions of dollars of lost revenue. For who? The little guy. The little guy. They're going after the little guy. That they should believe the lie that they may not be condemned with who did not, who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. The truth is so obvious, yet so many people around the world are totally oblivious to that truth. They'd rather dive into the realm of unrighteousness in Romans chapter 1, 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, get God out of the schools. 60 years ago, take the Bible out of school. 
60 years in, in 23, get prayer out of school. We're done with it. We don't want God. Get the Ten Commandments out of everything. We don't need God. God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Key verse 32, the days we're living in. Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things, practice, we might find ourselves in that list, what we used to be, or what might, we might fall into a sin here or there. But do you as a believer practice any of this list? If you do, you might not be a believer. You might just be playing church. Now notice this, very, very important, because we all sin, we all need to repent, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. When you look that up, that's eternal separation from God. Not just physical death. They don't deserve to be in God's presence. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So is the Holy Spirit then, another question as we think about the rapture here, is the Holy Spirit going to leave the earth after the rapture? Again, there's teachings where, yes, the Holy Spirit will no longer be on the earth after the rapture, and there's others that say, no, the Holy Spirit is going to be on the earth after the rapture. We just want to look at the scriptures. You see, the book of Revelation shows us that there will be many people saved during the Great Tribulation. But the church as we know it today will no longer have the same influence that it has had. So with the church being gone or raptured, the satanic influence upon the world who desire to be free from any mention of God or his name, Christianity will once again be on trial as in the days of the early church. Guys, think about this. When the rapture of the church takes place, there will not be one Bible-believing Christian momentarily there will not be one Bible-believing Christian on the face of this earth. Not one. God doesn't leave anybody behind. Well, I'm not worthy to go. You're worthy because of the blood of the Lamb. So you're going. You know, if, 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 if your fiancé broke her leg or broke her foot or broke her toe the night before the wedding, would you say, you know what, the wedding's off, we can't go on our honeymoon, you're, 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 de- you're, you're defective, sorry. No. It's silly, but that's reality. We are going. Just like at, after the great right throne judgment seat, for a moment of time, there will not be one unbeliever on the face of the earth at the start of the millennial reign of Christ. Everyone will be saved at the very beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. Think about it. Do your homework. So let's think about that comfort again and ask this simple question. Noah and Lot gave us a picture of God's wrath being poured out. So does the great tribulation give us a picture of God being removed from, or the church being removed from God's wrath? Well, let's look at a few verses of God's wrath. Revelation 6, 8. So I looked and behold a pale horse and the, and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed after him. 
And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beast of the earth. Revelation 9, 15 through 18. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year. Notice that. God is very, notice that. For the hour, for the day, for the month, and for the year. Jesus, when Jesus came to Israel, when he came into Jerusalem, he wept over Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you had only known the day, the hour. You see, they could have gone to the scriptures and figured out exactly from Daniel, exactly when the Messiah was going to come into Jerusalem. Jesus came into Jerusalem on the exact day prophesied in Daniel. Whole different study, check it out. But the exact day. So again, notice this, so important. The very hour were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in this vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, a hyacinth blue and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like heads of lions, and out of their mouths were fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. By the fire, by the smoke by the brimstone which came out of their mouths and then this next slide gives you the numbers which we went over last week so if you want to take a picture but that breaks it down if a billion people are raptured could there be a billion Christians on the face of this earth? Eh. Uh, at one point I believe it was in the 80s um, it was believed that there was 100 million underground Chinese Christians 100 million so could there be a billion? Eh, whatever. I just did it for my ease of simplicity of math. You can do it in any number. It's going to come out the same way. When it's all said and done, after those two plagues, 50% of the world is gone. You stick whatever number you want up there and do the math, 50% is gone. Now, if Bible-believing Christians are going to be here for the tribulation, there's pre, there's mid, there's post. This is the first three and a half years. Half the world's population is annihilated. I don't find any comfort in that with these numbers you see no God's not going to beat up his bride prior to the wedding banquet we wouldn't do it either so what are some signs of the last days prior to the rapture of the church well the first one is the regathering of Israel as a nation fulfilling Ezekiel 36 and 37 Israel is the only nation ever ever the only nation ever to have been dispersed for hundreds of years and then regathered to their homeland to speak their native tongue while continuing their ancient traditions. The only nation ever in all of history. That took place on March 14, 1948. But just as important, if not more so, they reclaimed Jerusalem as their capital in, the June, in June of 1967. Whether any other nation acknowledges that or not is irrelevant. It's a fact. Daniel 9 says this. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay your own, for your own sake, my God, for your city, your city, and your people are called by your name. Well, what city? Matthew 5, we see this. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, nor for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem. Jerusalem. For it is the city 
of the great king. Jesus said, I must die in Jerusalem. Nowhere else, Jerusalem. Zechariah 8 says this, Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Zion. For Zion. Now, Zion has different terms. It could be a large area. It could be a mount. It could be a very specific spot. Just keep that in mind as we read this. Verse 2, thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Zion with great zeal and with great fervor. I am zealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of New York City. (laughs) Dwell in the midst of Missouri. Isn't Isn't that what the Mormons say? No. Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the true city of truth. Is it today? No. No. The mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. You see, Jews didn't have access to what is called today the Wailing Wall or the Western Retaining Wall of the Temple Mount area, which we're going in 23, March of 23, if we're still here. Maybe we'll see the New Jerusalem before then. Praise God. I'm fine with that. But if you'd like to go with us, we'll have a meeting after the service next week. But there's the Temple Mount area, and they didn't have control of that until June of 1967. So they couldn't go to that area and pray. The capital was key to them being a full nation once again. So important as you think it through. And again, again, at, at that point, it became their capital where the, where the Jewish Antichrist will rule. We just read it. Will rule from and where Jesus will eventually come back to to rule and reign for, from that there for a thousand years. And that's why I believe 67 starts the prophetic clock of the rapture of the church. And so here we got a slide we didn't have last week. It's kind of small. Take a picture of it. 1967, Jerusalem becomes the capital of Israel again. Almost 1900 years after its destruction. Only God could do that. Because God's word is going to be fulfilled. So... If you look at Psalm 90, verse 10, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So I use the 70 to 80 years as a time frame when Jesus said, this generation, when you see these things happening, this generation shall not pass. So what is 40 years from 67? It's 07. 17, 50 years, 27, which is just what, five years away, is 60 years, guys. 60 years. Now that doesn't mean that every single person, don't think, think of this as like the wilderness journeyings, those who rebelled, every single male above 20 years old had to die before they could go into the wilderness. No, just during that generation, Jesus could come back at any time. That's why when you hear us talk about the rapture and say Jesus could come back any time, you might be thinking, why do they keep saying that? Couldn't he come back in 100 years? No, no, because we'd all be dead. That generation that saw Israel and, and now Jerusalem taking on the capital, we'd all be dead. So no, it can't be 100 years. It can't be 200 years. It has to be within, unless you're calling Jesus a liar. 37 is 70 years. What are they promoting now in 2030? The Great Reset. Oh, that'll never happen. Wake up, it's already happening. They're locking accounts. You disobey, we're gonna lock your account. Cryptocurrency. It's coming, guys, whether you like it or not. You're gonna get, all your money is gone. I said this to my neighbor. He had never thought of it. Just conversing this past week, witnessing to him. Because he's 
he's a prepper. He's ready to go down. He even told me, I'm going down. I go, well, you know, you don't have to worry about that because your money's not going to be with you. What? And I go, yeah, they're going to do like many foreign countries have done over the decades. You know, there's money laundering. The money is so dirty. A country, let's say the United States will say, um, okay, by April 1st, well, let's extend it a little bit. By May 1st, you have to turn in all your cash and we're going to give you brand new dollar bills. It's so dirty, we're going to give you all brand new cash. And so then as you turn in your money, you show up with a half a million dollars in cash. Now they go, where did you get that money from? It's done. It's confiscated. It's drug money. Unless you have a paper trail, you're not going to get any credit for it. But if you take your money there, you'll get credit for it. They'll give you clean money. That's happened. Do your research. That's happened. Well, this time they're going to say, turn your money in because we're going crypto. And then they got you. And I said this to the guy. And then they got you. You don't, want to, you don't want to turn your guns in? You don't have to. Click. You can't buy gas. You can't buy food. You can't do any. Well, that's why we're, I, yeah, I know you're prepping. I know you're going to live off the grid. That's fine. You know what? You'll be the, the half, you know, the one, one hundredth of one percent of the country that's going to live off the grid. The rest of us, guys, wake up. Flip a switch. You will obey. You will obey. The word of God. Thank God that we know the word of God. 80 years, 2047. Let's look at Luke chapter 17 very quickly. But Jesus tells us about what the world overall will look like just prior to his return when he takes a church off the earth. We're not going to read all of it, running out of time. But look at Luke 17. You feel free to read it. Skip down to verse 34. 34. Luke 17, 34. I tell you, Jesus speaking, After he addresses, it's going to be like it was in the days of Lot. It's going to be like as it was in the days of Noah. In that night, there'll be two men in one bed. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken, the other left. And so uh, people will use this as the rapture. I believe it is the rapture. Uh, again, I want to give you both sides. When we were growing up in the 70s and 80s, they were making movies about the Lord coming back and people, when they were raptured, their clothes would be left on a nightly neat, a nicely made bed at the end of the bed, their shoes there and their body was taken and all that good stuff. I personally believe that we're going to right where we're at. Be a great way to go right into the tribulation. The new age, the new age. I know enough to be dangerous. The New Age already has put out there that when this happens, they don't deny it's going to happen. They just don't believe in a God, our God, and they don't believe the Christian church is going to be right. But they believe that God is cleansing his dead brain cells. Whatever God that is, Mother Nature, whatever it is, they already have a plan worked out when this happens, how they're going to explain it away. I think more modernly we can see that it was a strange virus that went through the whole earth and only took the, hmm, only took the Christians. Wow. But where do I, what, verse 37 I think is kind of out of place. And they answered and said to him, where Lord? And he said to them, wherever the body is, there the angels, eagles, meat eater, will be gathered together. Wherever the body is, that's why I believe we're, we're just going to die. Why would, why would the Holy Spirit just put that in right after the, those verses? Just, just filler? No. Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Several things to notice. In the last days or that time just prior to church meeting the Lord in the air, Jesus says it will be just like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. 
Now, we've studied those verses through the years, but for this morning, in regard to the rapture, we need to notice that both Noah and Lot were removed from the situation of God's wrath being poured out. And why were they removed? Think big picture here. Because both societies had become so morally decayed. Now, again, I don't know if you watched any of this nomination process, but they also brought up to the nominee court cases of child pornography and child molestation. I mean, just, just thinking about that is nauseating. But, but they brought up so many cases. And we, in our protective little bubble of Christianity in Queen Creek here, we don't think this is happening. Guys, this is possibly even happening in Queen Creek. We live in a vile, vile nation that produces this stuff that sends it throughout the whole world. Do we not deserve God's judgment? That marriage had become what I called de-sanctified or irrelevant. And are we closing in on that same mentality today in our world? You see, America and the world is losing its moral compass. And we are quickly approaching one of the saddest verses in the Bible. This is one of the saddest verses for me in the whole Bible. In those days, the last verse in the book of Judges, in those days there was no king in Israel. Who was supposed to be king? Anybody know who who was supposed to be king? G-O-D. Theocracy. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And that's in America. Lying, cheating, stealing, and looking into the camera and telling you and I, well, you just don't know. You're not smart enough to have all the facts. No, we're smart enough to know you're a liar and that you're you're destroying our country. But also notice that Jesus says, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So again, as I've already explained. So what does God's wrath look like versus man's wrath? Went over this last week, but again, Joseph Stalin in Russia, of Russia estimates up to 6 million people died under his rule. Pol Pot, who governed Cambodia, estimates are between 1.5 to 2 million people. Chiang Kai-shek of China estimates up to 10 million people died. Adolf Hitler of Germany estimates up to 11 million people died. Vladimir Lenin of Russia estimated up to 12 million people died. Hirohito of Japan estimates up to 6 million people died. Mao of China gets the award for the 20th century. Estimates up to 80 million people died under his rule. When you add all those up, 181 million people. 181 million people died. And if we take it in the middle of the 19, uh, 20th century, 1950, an example of comparing numbers, the world's population was roughly 2.5 billion people. With the numbers I just gave you, and I understand it's not all the bad people who are killing large numbers of people in the 1900s, but it's a majority representation thereof. It's not even 10% of the world's population in 1950, 2.5 billion people. Not even 10%. So this gives us a little comparison because I know people have asked me, and I'm sure people have asked you, are we in the tribulation? Now you have some numbers that you can reassure them. We are not even close. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. What's my point? Again, I think we would all agree these numbers are horrendous, but nothing compared to half the population of the world dying within a three and a half year period. 
And again, for the sake of time, read over all those verses, write them down, take a picture of it. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Notice, if you're by New King James, that is capitalized. I believe the reason it's capitalized specifically is because two, two returns. There's no question there's two returns. And you, and you might say, well, you keep saying that. Why do you keep saying that? Well, I know when Jesus is stepping foot on this earth. And so do you if you're reading your Bible. Daniel gives us the exact day from the day of the abomination of desolation is put in the holy place, in the holy of holies. And Daniel gives a number. That number is when Christ is coming back to the earth. Well, I thought Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour. So he was lying because I do know the day. His first return. No one knows the day or the hour. Could be today. Could be in the fall, the Feast of Trumpets. No one knows the day or the hour. Do your homework. Feel free to come and talk to me. But it's there in Daniel. We know the day. So am I going to be here for the tribulation? Nope. If I was, I could say, oh, they just put the abomination of desolation in the holy place. Praise God, Jesus is coming back in three and a half years. And everybody will look, how do you know that? Daniel. And I would be right. You couldn't stone me. I'd be right. But verse 9, look at verse 9. First Thessalonians 5, 9 says, For God did not appoint us to wrath. Guys, the tribulation is God's wrath. I think you're seeing that. If not, read your Bible. Not man's wrath. Because people will say, well, all the people that died in the 1900s. Yeah, that's called man's wrath. And not even 10% of the population in 1950, 2.5 billion people, not even 10%. Help lift their eyes. Help other Christians to lift their eyes because they're being deceived. Like, like Don, Donald Trump's going to come back and save America. It's like, wake up. How about Luke 21? Luke 21. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. I think this is the exhortation for you and I today. What can we do with this information? I know I'm giving you a lot of information. We could get weighed down with the cares of this life. What about my 401k? I have a 401k. I'm planning on retirement. I'm doing things just like you. Whatever. Whatever. I'm going to heaven. Somebody else can have it. Either way, they're going to get it. The kids, somebody's going to get it. Government's going to take it though. But for you and I, and that day, again, notice that day, that day, a specific day, come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape. There it is. You see, that's why you Christians believe in a rapture. You just want to get out of here. You, you don't want to go through a tribulation. The early church went through a tribulation and yes, they did. Estimates between three and five million Christians died in the first 300 years of the church. Three to five million Christians died in the first 300 years of the church. I'd, call, I'd say, yeah, Jesus is coming back. Jesus has to be coming back. If you were in the hundreds, Jesus has to be coming back. No, Israel has to be regathered. Certain things have to take place. So for you and I, the exhortation, lest your hearts be weighed down. Don't get weighed down with all this virus stuff. Live your life. Wash your hands. Don't cough into a person's face. Cover your mouth. I mean, do if you're compromised, stay home. Stay home. Have no issues with that. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. But don't, don't let the enemy get into your brain and deceive you. 
Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that, come to, that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Romans 1.18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who, suppre- who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Is that you as a believer? No. Well, then the wrath of God doesn't abide on you and never will. Because God sees you as what? Holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. No matter what you think about yourself, that's the way God sees you. Not going to happen. You see, I think this verse gives us the answer to the question, why would such a loving God allow a tribulation to take place? Well, first of all, God is love. But he is also just, and a Christ-rejecting world will receive the proper judgment that it deserves. Again, as we look at Revelation 7, 9 through 17, we see an innumerable number of people, do your own study there, an innumerable, innumerable number of people that will get saved during the Great Tribulation. I know some of our family members are going to look for a Bible as soon as we're out of here. Because we've already mentioned this to them, and they look at us like, man, you are so weird. And that's fine. They won't be thinking I'm weird when they get the phone call, hey, your brother died and his wife died and some of their kids died too and the grandkids died. This virus has taken over the whole world. If, you are, if you've been around them, you better, you better hide. You better lock your life down because this is going through the whole world. It's going to happen, guys. Something's going to happen. Supernatural. Well, Let's wrap it up with 1 John chapter 3. Can't believe we made it. Matt, come on up, brother. You're probably like, glad we did. Let's go to lunch. (laughs) We can rest assured. Here's the exhortation for you and I with what I just put up there. We can rest assured that the Holy Spirit will be actively working during those seven final years. And so as you have loved ones that haven't received the Lord yet, don't stop witnessing. Don't stop praying. And it's so sad over the last two years. We've had people in this church that could not be with their loved ones in a hospital when they died. Fear, control, fear, control. And now the Center for Deceit Control has come out and said, well, with everything that we did, all the lockdowns, the mask, everything that we did, it might have helped 2% of the population. All those people that died alone out of fear. Don't get sucked into this government's way of fear because it's led by Satan himself. Not talking about Joe Biden. Talking about the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Revelation 12, 9 tells us what's most important for all of us. The enemy has come to deceive. He wants to deceive you. He wants to deceive me. So, John chapter 3, as we wrap it up. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Jesus. Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not been yet revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, that resurrected body. For we shall see him as he is. Here's the plea, here's the exhortation. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Guys, that's the exhortation for you and me. 
Just keep purifying. That's called sanctification. Just keep looking at Jesus. Keep wanting to be more like Jesus. Don't get caught up in everything else. Focus on Jesus. Father, we thank you and praise you that we have a living hope. And what a great exhortation to wrap it up on. That yes, we are going to see your son in the clouds. And if not, and you take us home before the rapture, Lord, then we're going to see him at his throne. Either way, we know the rest of the story. And so, Lord, whatever may be coming upon us, any fears or anxieties or worries, help us to do as Peter says, casting all your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. Father, we just cast all those anxieties for our our loved ones, for our, our kids, our adult kids, our adult grandkids, for maybe even the great grandkids. Lord, we just lay them at your throne and say your will be done. Help us to keep watering, planting, fertilizing. Help us to not compromise and embrace the ridiculousness that's even coming down from top officials, supposed to be the brightest people in our land cannot even define what a woman is. Not very bright at all. Deceived. Deceived by the enemy, our spiritual enemy. Lord, help us to not be deceived, but to follow you wholeheartedly until we come face to face with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.